It's Latopia Daily, the web's first daily bulletin about writing and publishing. And now, here's Peter Cox. On July the 11th, 1754, Thomas Bowdler was born near Bath in the West Country of England. He trained as a physician but didn't practice, instead devoting himself to the cause of prison reform. In 1818, he published a censored edition of William Shakespeare's work that he considered to be more appropriate for women and children than the original. Although his family Shakespeare was ridiculed, his name has lived on and the word bowdlerized is now in common use to mean the prudish censorship of literature, movies and TV programmes. Some examples of the changes he made are Lady Macbeth's Out Damned Spot is changed to Out Crimson Spot. Mercutio's The Body Hand of the Dial is now upon the prick of noon is changed to The Hand of the Dial is now upon the point of noon. One web source I found stated that when it came to measure for measure, Bowdler had to admit defeat, finding the whole place so indecent that he simply printed a warning on the front. While searching about for information on Thomas Bowdler, I came across another eponym, Granger Eyes. From the differing meanings I can find, it seems to mean adding information and pictures to books. The Reverend J. Granger wrote the biographical history of England and specifically left blank spaces for the reader to fill in themselves, a practice he seemed to enjoy doing to others' books. It seems a couple of Harry Potter fans have deduced that Hermione Granger was named after this practice of filling in the blanks. Quite astute, I think, even if it probably isn't true. As a die-hard trekker, I was intrigued by the story of David Gerald, who at age 19 wrote the famed Trouble with Tribbles episode of the original Star Trek TV show. He apparently wrote an episode for Star Trek The Next Generation called Blood and Fire that was so controversial the show was never produced. Back in the 80s, the two topics, AIDS and homosexuality, that Gerald included in the script were untouchable. Twenty years later, a Trekker fan site that does a web series called Star Trek Phase 2 has taped the banned episode. While it is being first shown at the Shore Leave 30 Science Fiction Convention, you will be able to check it out on StarTrekNewVoyages.com. Since Triples is one of my favorite episodes, I'll be interested in this one for sure. It depicts, for the first time, a gay couple on the crew. Anyone who poo-poos fan productions hasn't seen one. One of my favorite Star Treks is one our guest, Mark Zickrey, whose interview will air in a few weeks, directed. He was kind enough to give me a copy at the National Writers' Workshop last year when I did the interview. But anyone who wants to see that one will either have to buy it from Mr. Zickrey or come to my house and watch it. Vince Bugliosi's book, Accusing George Bush of Murder, has lots of buzz. Galley Cat has been doing lots of coverage on how he managed to achieve his viral effect. They used online book publicity firm FSB Associates to reach out to progressive bloggers and newswires and got an exclusive excerpt series with Huffington Post. They also got features on Common Dreams, BuzzFlash, and Alternet, and some at-home bloggers. This led to a huge amount of word of mouth. Publicist MJ Rose's company, AuthorBuzz.com, created ads and ran them on dozens of blogs, including HuffingtonPost.com, The Nation Online, Mother Jones Online, Daily Cause, Talking Points Memo, and more over a seven-week period. They reached over 25 million targeted people during six weeks of aggressive advertising with click-through rates. I have to say, I've been looking seriously at publicists and potential publicity for my upcoming book for writers. So this really fascinates
fascinates me. I use the click ads in my business now, and they're highly effective. As a big believer in web advertising, I'm going to look carefully at this type of book advertising campaign for myself. Any author who isn't thinking about how to promote their book when it comes out is missing a key part of what the publishing business is about now. There's not a lot I agree with George F. Will on, but his column today got my attention. The subject was the evils of a Belgian company's buyout of Anheuser-Busch. Since I wouldn't touch that particular brand, I don't care about the buyout and would hope that the Belgian influence would improve the stuff. But Will was more upset about the statement made in Investor's Business Daily that beer was a non-essential item. Will made the astounding statement in response, no beer, no civilization, and he can back that statement up with facts. He refers to Stephen Johnson's book, The Ghost Map, The Story of London's Most Terrifying Epidemic and How It Changed Science, Cities, and the Modern World. The book is about tracing the outbreak of a cholera epidemic. Apparently, the search for clean water to prevent disease was so difficult that, rather than trying to purify the water, humans learned to drink alcohol. Town-dwelling humans had to have a genetic ability to hold their liquor or die early and childless, either from alcohol's toxicity or waterborne disease. Today's population is made up mostly of descendants of early beer drinkers who have largely inherited their tolerance for alcohol. Cultures that never had to adapt to city life, such as Native Americans and Australian Aborigines, never had to develop the gene. So, I'm going to raise a glass to my beer-swilling European ancestors and say, thank God it's Friday and I have the beer gene. Those are today's stories, Peter. Links to these and other stories can be found on The Right Report. I hope all our listeners have a fantastic writing Friday. Catch Latopia Daily five days a week from www.latopia.com.